you guys and I'll play you in. Yay. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What is up, everybody? The madness has begun. And to break it all down, it's Dr. Mitchell Roslin. It's Greg Sussman. This is Doc Jock. What's going on, Doc? Certainly, you know, a lot's going on, but certainly the stock on the Giants is down. We're here, March Madness. Um, <sighs> looks like it'd be a fantastic uh, tournament. Tournament, yeah, yeah. And I guess we have Walt Frazier calling out LeBron James. A lot to get to. We're going to get to everything Doc just mentioned over the next hour or so. And we will uh, we'll begin with the biggest story in sports, and that is the beginning of the NCAA tournament, March Madness. Duke is the biggest favorite to win the tournament in like five years. Uh, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, potentially the top three players overall in the draft. That remains to be seen. But with Zion Williamson, obviously Duke is a totally different team. The heavy favorite to win this whole thing. Doc, did they get it done? Well, it's, it's strange. I took them in the bracket I filled out. But I also think of all of the favorites that are this high a favorite. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is, is that no one can agree on anybody else. Not that they're so unbeatable. Because historically, if you look at the NCAA tournament, it's a God's tournament. And Duke can go into its games and not shoot it really, really, really well. And can lose when they don't, you know, usually the three becomes big and Gods make their money in the NCAA. When you look at Cinderella's, it's usually the gods that step up and play. And I think that's what everybody's problem is. So a team like, and I know this is going to really sound weird because they went out in the first round last year, Virginia, everybody would kind of like. They shoot it well. They play good defense. But then they, you know, they basically crapped out in the ACC tournament, so everybody says, okay, they're going to do it again. Okay, Gonzaga, who I made the point last week that if Gonzaga played in the Big Ten or the ACC, they would have between five and eight losses. And you looked at me with, you know, blank stared eyes, and you said, no, they're really, really good, and they got, you know, lost to St. Mary's by 12. And I think you'd agree now they'd probably have at least five losses if they played in a power conference. Potentially so. And going that doesn't mean they're not a solid team. Right. So I think Duke is benefiting from the fact of, okay, because Duke is flawed, and, and Duke, you know, it really can shoot it poorly on its night. Trey Jones is really not a great shooter. I've seen Duke play more because, you know, watching so Zion is much CTV, and they're a, a very beatable team compared to some of the great teams that we've seen in the past. The problem is, is who's that B team right now? Let me get to Virginia for a moment because you brought them up as a team people would like. The problem with Virginia is the same problem they have really every year. You're absolutely right. It's in regard to guard play. But the problem with Virginia is when they get down, they traditionally have not had the ability to come back. They don't shoot it lights out. They don't do bombs away from three. When they get down, they play great defense, and that's fine. But when things don't go their way, when teams hit shots against them, they don't have the ability to come back. I thought we saw that last year. Has it changed this year? Well... I think that Jerome's a really good player. I think DeAndre 
uh, Hunter. I mean, I think that they're really sitting with two legitimate. Now, now Brogdon actually has been a, a much better pro than anybody thought he was going to be. But they think they're sitting there with two legitimate pros, and Tyler Guy is an awesome college player. Okay. Um, again, and they've played really top competition. Again, everybody thinks because they crapped out in the ACC tournament that it's going to be deja vu all over again. I think they got if they get past this weekend, mm-hmm. I think that they may go on a roll. I agree with you. You know, getting I, over I, the hump of this weekend. Again, um, I think they're well coached. I think they're smart kids. I think they're tough. I, I mean, it's it, it's it, it's mind boggling. I mean, they they played right with the Dukes and right with the North Carolinas all all, all year, and you know, again, you know, Duke just doesn't shoot it well. So I th- what I'm what I'm really saying is that there's no second team. Every, you know, Michigan State has some, has some of the same problems that, that, that Virginia has. That, you know, everybody loves Izzo. They went out of the tournament really early in the last few years. You know, after winning the Big Ten, you know, tournament, last year they actually lost to Michigan, but this year they, they won. Cassius Winston's a really good player. They're a t- tough team. But, again, they've exited the tournament after being always going late early in the last year. So I'm not sure who that B team is that everybody can find, and I think that's where Duke really benefited from. And I told you last week that the team that has the talent to play with anybody on their nights is Iowa State. I was really upset that they won the Big 12 tournament because they would have been my real sleeper school. And sure. now, remember I said that at the end of the, you did. the end of the show. And then they went out and won the Big 12, and the Big 12 is good. You know, everybody's talked about the Big Ten mm-hmm. and Big ACC. Twelve and ACC, but but honestly, all the major conferences are pretty fairly balanced. You saw Texas, Te- went, Texas Tech, of course. Yeah, uh, Auburn winning the SEC. Yeah. So, I mean, like I, I, the question is, is who can everybody gather around that can really go on a run to win this tournament? Well, I think you I think you bring up the SEC and Tennessee's a team that traditionally you're like, all right, this team is gonna bounce there. I don't believe in Rick Bonds. Fair. Fair point. But like Admiral Schofield is one of those guys that can put a team on his back and lead them a long way, I think. Except that Rick Bonds has had incredibly talented teams from Clemson. TJ TJ four with Texas. Texas and 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 really never gets it done. In in any in any and couldn't get it done in the SEC tournament. Now, I guess you could say the same thing about Tony Bennett, but Tony Bennett has been an incredible coach at Washington State, which can't get out of its own way, one of the hardest Division ones to recruit in, in the sure. country, and really has turned Virginia into a top, top-notch program year in and year out. Has not gotten over that NCAA hurdle, but has cleared every other hurdle. You know, Rick Bonds, I look at, kind of has always been at these places where you could really recruit, had the best talent in the country, as opposed to Tony Bennett, who's overcoached his talent. To be, per- You know, I think the knock on Tony Bennett is that Virginia played above their talent, and when the tournament came, they lost. But like I said, now they're sitting there with two borderline first-round draft picks. And listen, they, they've had that before with Justin Anderson and Malcolm Brogdon. So it's not like they haven't had that before. I always go back to that team against Syracuse in the Elite Eight, where a team they beat, they beat Syracuse three times that year previously. And it was the perfect matchup for them. They were up like 11 at halftime. And it was the perfect Virginia game. And they fell apart in that second half. That was the team that should have went to the Final Four. So again, 
let's take Duke out of it. Yeah. Who's your B? That's the problem. UNC. I hate to say that, but it, you, from what I've seen, UNC is the second best team in the country. Okay. I so, mean, I'm not going to argue with yeah. you. You know, um, and when, when you look at, and this is why you, you got to give teams like Michigan a fighting chance because he's an incredible coach. You know, I can tell you my friend Fran, he took every single thing away from Iowa that Iowa won. Now, it didn't help that Iowa got the ball like crap. Sure. You know, which, which really played into it, banged it in, and had they made some shots that they normally make, that would have been a much closer game. Um, but, again, he played them exactly the way I would have played them, and I've watched 20 of their games. Sure, of course. And, and, and most teams, I don't see that. He, you know, he told his kids, listen, we're going to take away the three, we're going to take away the foul shot, Okay. And, and we'll win this game. And that's exactly what happened. Well, Iowa, Maryland, of our teams, both inside the tournament this year. Now, Maryland's facing off against the winner of Belmont versus Temple. Uh, that game takes place on Tuesday evening. And the thing is, one of those teams that play in the playing game, they win every year. They, they win and they advance. And seemingly everybody, from the moment this was announced, is picking Belmont. And they're picking Belmont to then continue on to defeat Maryland. Well, you know what? They're underestimating Fran Dunphy, especially in his last year. Sure. Okay. Fran Dunphy is a horrific coach, and Belmont's not going to catch them by surprise. And, you know, here's the thing about Dunph, okay, in a nutshell. Teams like Belmont classically have two to three really good players and a bunch of interchangeable parts. Dunphy's been playing against that hundred years back at Penn in the Ivy League, you know, he'll take that away. I, I, I don't think Belmont's beating Temple, but I think Temple beats them. I think Kay. Maryland beats Temple. Temple. Mm-hmm. I actually think that the NCAA really does not want to see LSU in the Sweet 16. I agree with you. So I, I love Maryland's draw. I, listen, I like it also, to be, to be perfectly honest with you. We, I constantly kill the committee for where Maryland is. I always feel like they're underseated. I don't think they're underseated this year. I think Belmont, as good as they are in the Ohio Valley Conference, and they could have, they were the number one team all season long. They wound up falling uh, to Murray State and, and John Morant. But, you know, Belmont facing a tough defensive Temple team. I think Maryland is a perfect spot for them. And Maryland's made for the tournament. Uh, and not to be biased, but they're made for the tournament. And if they can get to the Sweet 16, it's in their backyard in Washington, D.C., facing potentially a Michigan State team that they know very well. Then you face Duke, and you just hope that you know things go your way, basically. So, you know, here's the thing. Compared to, you know, I, I, I hate sounding when people talk about the path. Sure. Okay? Because when you look at athletes, they're bigger, faster, they're better at every point in time. So it used to, you know, you know when, when your father used to say, well, you never saw Mickey Mantle. Play. Well, Mickey Mantle might have been the exception, but the baseball players in the 70s were better than the baseball players in the 50s. Yes. Okay? The football players today are bigger and faster than the football players today. Yes. But college basketball, I would say, is the exception because of the one-and-dones proliferating so that you don't really see the matured players. You know, and that goes into talking about we're not seeing Zion Williamson play two, three years. We're seeing him play one year, which is why when people say that he can't shoot, you know, they have really no real comparison because you haven't seen 19-year-olds play at this level, you know, a generational talent like him, like LeBron James. But what I will tell you is even you talked about Duke, 
every single one of these college teams is flawed compared to the great college teams in the past. And that's just because the NBA is taking your best talent. Of course. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of makes it better in a, in, in a strange way. But there's very little difference. Maybe you have a top class, okay? And I'll, I'll give you the top class being Duke. And we said Duke is flawed. I mean, they're not a perfect team. Trey Jones shoots, you know, 25% from three points. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cam Reddish is probably their best three-point shooter. Barrett goes to his left every single time. Sure. Okay, you know, the guys who come off the bench are great players. They're serviceable, but they're not going to take over a game by any stretch of the imagination. North Carolina is flawed. We talked about Virginia. Michigan State's flawed. And Gonzaga and Tennessee, probably Kentucky, you put on the next level. That yep. wouldn't be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Maybe you put Michigan in there. I do. And then you look at the teams between fourth, you know, the fourth and tenth seeds. Like, how much of a difference is there between Kansas State, Maryland, Iowa, and those teams? None. Well, all of those games are, are like coin flip, you know, which is what we kind of saw in, 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 in the tournament. So there's a whole cluster of those, those type teams. The best guard in the tor- tournament is probably the kid from Murray State. John Morant, sure. But, you, you know, you just don't think he has enough firepower to, to, to go. I think he has enough firepower to beat Marquette, probably. Marquette is one of those teams that's up, down, and all around. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's like you don't even know what's going to happen with sure. that. What did you think of this? I'm trying to figure out day one. What do you think of this Louisville-Minnesota matchup? We've, we've seen a lot of Minnesota, obviously. You know, again, I think that um, Minnesota, I, I think Louisville's going to figure out a way. I agree with you. Okay, but, but it's a really close thing. There are times when I thought that Minnesota with Coffey and Jordan Murphy and the big kid is really talented. Um, He's really, really talented. But for some reason, that team goes into a funk for 20 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I didn't see the second game. They really shouldn't have beat Penn State. Penn right. State handed them that game down, down the stretch. And then if Penn State beats them, they're not in, probably in the tournament. True. Toro is incredibly talented. You know, he, he, he's going to play for somebody in the NBA, okay. especially if he learns how to play. Sure. Okay. Incredibly strong, incredibly talented. You know, I haven't watched Louisville as much as Minnesota, but I never know what Minnesota is going to show I up. Just, Minnesota does not scare me seeing them in the NCAA tournament, right? Like, Minnesota has a tour. They have one other player. That's it. But, you know, Louisville is a tremendously flawed team. You know, I saw Duke come back from you know, 10 points in five minutes against them and, and, and press them out of the building. And their guard play leaves a lot to be desired. Both of those teams don't have really strong guard play. I mean, they're almost mirror images of them. In a way, sure, sure. So, I mean, I, I really don't have a feel for that game. I'll tell you another game I don't have a real feel for is Villanova-St. Mary's. A lot of people love the Gales in this one. Love the Gales. I don't know about that. Well, Jay Wright's history is he either leaves early or goes or stays in the whole dance. They're really well coached. They're, they're tournament tough. You know, they, they this is not a blue chip Villanova team nope. by any stretch Mm-mm. of the imagination. You know, Booth and Pascal, their best players, both of them have trouble finishing at the rim. You know, this is not the same quality of team that they've had in the past. But you know, again. I don't know who we talk, you, you started this out wonderfully by talking about how Duke's the favorite, and they are because there's no one else that you can really sure. fall in love with. Talking about the tournament, we spoke about this months ago, and that was the, my frustration for the fact 
that Syracuse is always very successful in this tournament because people just are not prepared for the, not a zone defense, everybody knows the zone's coming, but the way that Syracuse plays it. And here Syracuse sits in an 8-9 matchup, and then they face Gonzaga, and you're just like, this is the perfect matchup for Gonzaga, for Syracuse again. This is the perfect spot for them. And then they have the potential to face Florida State or Marquette. Now, Florida State's obviously seen it this year, but next thing you know, Syracuse is in the Elite Eight. So why don't colleges play zone? Well, they do play zone, but not the way Beheim does. But why don't most colleges play zone? Uh, you tell me. Because it, originally, when you played zone, what did you want to do? Pack it in. Of course. Pack it in and make them shoot from the outside. And now people, now people love shooting from the outside. So what's really weird is if you're going to play zone like Syracuse, you have to recruit in a certain direction. Which Syracuse obviously does. Which means that you have to have the big kid in the middle. Okay, because... It's very, very... The second problem with the zone, it's very hard to rebound. Out of the zone. Mm-hmm. You need to have the big kid in the middle. Yes. The second thing is you have to recruit incredible length mm-hmm. to take away the three-point. And you see, I think that's what happens to teams. Teams are used to playing against two-three zones because everybody throws it. You know, you have teams like, for example, Iowa State will have defense all the right. time. Mm-hmm. You know, Virginia will show you zone once in a while. Kluczewski goes two-three a fair amount. Yeah, Last sh- year, he played nothing. Sure. He played... He played virtually all 2-3 at the end of last year. Now this year he's playing mostly man. Sure. But if he gets into the right situation, he'll go 2-3. The difference is Syracuse's length is so great. And when they turn it up a notch, and what happens is they're very patient, and, 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 and they don't get off to these great starts, and you know, they're down a little bit, and, and basically it just wears on these teams for, for 40 minutes. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. And it just frustrates the hell out of these teams. As a fan, it's incredibly frustrating to watch. All right, give me a first-round upset, Doc. Well, I mean, I, I, I think Iowa State may go into the Final Four, but first first round upset. I think, I, I think Iowa State goes into the Final Four, so they beat Ohio State, they beat Houston, they potentially beat Kentucky. Yeah, I, I think Iowa State can get off. They have the talent to get off on that role. Let me think of some of the you know the first-round games that – you know, I th- you know, it's not an upset. I think Nevada is better than people think. So I, I agree with you. I agree with you. you. This, isn't one, this isn't one of Musselman's best teams either, for the record. No. I agree with you. You know, I think that, you know, it's an 8-9 game. I think Utah State will win that game. Total, oh, I love it. Utah State's one of my favorite picks on you know, Friday. Utah State. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Wolford's not going to surprise. Everybody wants to take Wolford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Wolford. Well, they're favorite in over, or over Seton Hall. Okay. I think Seton Hall's going to win that game. Okay. Okay. I, I think that Seton Hall is going to win that game. I think that Belmont is going to lose to Temple. You said that, yeah. Okay. Um, throw a few more. You have it in front of you. I'll, I'll, you I do. Go do it on the list. All right. Um, Murray State and Marquette. You taking John Moran or no? I think Marquette finds a way to win. You do. Okay. Uh, Buffalo and the winner of St. John's, Arizona State. Buffalo wins that game easily. Much tougher than either of those teams. Okay. Let me get to Michigan and Montana. Obviously, a rematching. I don't want to go there. Uh, what about... What's another good one for you? How far do you think Purdue goes? Depends on what Purdue team shows up. And which Carson Edwards shows up, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have Purdue. I think Purdue got a very favorable draw. I completely agree with you. I don't really like Purdue's team, but I think they got a very favorable draw. Completely agree with you. I probably have the winner of that Purdue-Tennessee game go to the Final Four. That's just me. Are you buying in on Oregon like everybody else is? No. How come? I mean, because, you know, again, you just take away Pritchett, the whole team is gone. You got to take him away, though. He's not that quick. He's not that hard to take away. Give me your fun. Okay, you you know, again, I know Iowa inside out. 
Yes, you do. Okay. Again, Pritchett was Pritchett at the beginning of the year. He's seniors and playing for, for forever. Iowa was able to take him away, and Iowa was not quick enough. So anybody who watches tape just takes him away, and then they can't play. Give me your final four. Um, I I think I had um, if I have to look at it quick, I have Duke. Sure. I think I have Michigan. Yep. Beating Gonzaga, uh-huh. I have Virginia and Iowa State. You're going Iowa State all the way there. And I have Iowa State beating Virginia, Duke beating Michigan. Iowa State in the finals. And Duke beating Iowa State. How about that? I'm going with the NCAA's dream. I hate to say it. Duke, UNC in the finals. The other two teams, I got Michigan, I agree with you, uh, in the bottom region here. And then up there, I'm between Tennessee and Purdue. You want to go with Purdue? There's a Big Ten some love. Give the Big Ten some love. Big Ten some love. All right, um, let's move away from March Madness now, and let's get a little bit local here. Let's talk about Dave Gettleman and the New York Giants. So, so last Tuesday night, I, I'm at a cooking class with my fiance. We were learning how to make gnocchi. Wow. And it wasn't like the gnocchi that we're used to, like ricotta gnocchi or potato gnocchi. It was like all different style. I'm just sitting there. You're not allowed to have your phone out. You're cooking. You're trying to pay attention, right? So we're done. We're done. We're just finishing off our wine. We're, fin- we're, we're, we're done. We're wrapping up. So I take out my phone. And it's exploding. Exploding. Exploding with messages. I thought it was a joke. So I go, oh, I, I, I was this serious? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you can see everybody else at this table. is a 20-person class. Everybody else at this table. Oh, my God. Odell was just traded. Oh, my God. Odell was just traded. Oh, my God. Odell was just traded. And at this point, Doc, I'm just in a... I'm in a fog. I'm in a daze, right? So Judy goes to get on the end of the R to get home. The end of the R train, for those obviously that aren't local. The end of the R train to get home. I'm like, what are you doing? It's the wrong subway. She's like, oh, okay, sorry. And they continue walking up. She says, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm walking to Harold Square. She goes, but this train goes right home. Why wouldn't you just get on it? I was so out of it and so in my own world on my phone. I was completely lost. And we got home. I was like, I need to go in like, the other room for, for like a good hour to like be all over Twitter, digesting everything, understanding what the Giants received, understanding what they gave up. And then I'll come back out. I came back out at like 10 o'clock. I was like, all right, I can talk now. I remember I texted you. Did I respond? Like, I don't yeah, know. you responded like something like the biggest idiots ever. Or something <laughs> like that. Right. So that's where my head was at. I was like, I, I, uh, and I, I wrote back tanking even... for Tua. Oh, yeah, I probably love that. Oh you, oh, you know what? And I spoke to you the next morning. You called me on Wednesday morning, and we right. spoke. And that was when I was at least, like, understanding. That I remember. We, saw, we talked on Wednesday morning. Doc, what's going on, man? Well, I think, so. you know, you can have the good explanation, the real explanation. The real explanation is the, the Giants are basically like somebody who has bipolar disorder. Okay? You know, that's the medical definition, and there's no coherence in, in their moves whatsoever. Yeah. So take a step back. You know, they're on this journey to find their past, okay? And they basically said, you know, when we won, we didn't have the diva superstar, and they got rid of the diva superstar. And you know what? If that was their game plan 14 months ago, and said, you know what? We need 25 good football players, not one great football player that we deem as a, a distraction. Because, you know, I, I do think that, you know, by and large, well, the media's made a big sensation. He shows up, he works hard. Sure. I mean, he, it's, it's that he's a brand name and, and something like that. 
that's fine. But don't go out and sign him. Don't have $21 million or $16 million of dead cap money. It seems schizophrenic. Okay? And it's the same thing doubling down today by telling us that Eli Manning is better than we think. Okay? There's nothing unknown about Eli Manning. Okay? We can all say that Eli can make certain throws on the right team. He can win football games. But one thing, and I said this to you last week or to a few weeks ago, that's been absolutely proven, Eli Manning is not good enough to lift up a football team. Correct. Because he started the last 32 games for the New York Giants, and their record is was, was 5-11 and 11 this year and 3-13 and 13 the year before. Yeah. So by definition, he's not good enough to elevate a team. So if you want to then tell me that the NFL should go the direction of the NBA. And what I mean is, you know, coming into this draft, Zion is worth a ton more than R.J. Barrett. Way more. Okay. And that the worst thing that you can do in the NFL is draft a Ryan Tannehill or a Blaine Gabbert. Disaster. That, and then you have two players coming in the next two years and maybe Justin Haybear, but let's throw him out of it. Sure. When, when I see Tua... I think of, everyone's going to say Steve Young. You want to say Steve Young? I wouldn't say Steve Young. Right. And everyone then would say Ken Stabler because he's a lefty. And I wouldn't say Jim Zorn either who's you know, a lefty and now in Congress. But I think that he reminds me of Montana. Jim Zorn's in Congress? Jim Zorn was, ran for something. Oh. Yeah. I, or a Lodgent. I get him confused. No, maybe it might have been Lodgent. It might have been Jim Zorn was helping... Um, Jim Zorn was helping Kyler Murray get ready for his pro day. Yeah, Jim Zorn. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, Steve Lodgent, I think, is in, uh, a Republican in Congress, I think. Um, but the way to a leads receivers is Montana. You know, the feel for the game, the accuracy, hitting people on the run is Montana reinvented. Re I see Haskins. I see Byron Leftwich. So you've been saying that. Okay. I see Trevor Lawrence. I see Peyton Manning. Okay. So if you want to tell me I want to stink because if I can't get that, then I'll pay $10 million a year right. to lose. I, I don't have a huge problem with it. But when the Giants say they have a plan, well, I'm waiting because their plan seems to be about an hour into it. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they go out to do something stupid and sign like, you know, Houston from Kansas City Chiefs. You know, again, the Giants should have a team – I have zero problem having the youngest team in the NFL and hoping to position yourself, get good on defense, you know, build your line, build behind Barkley, and hope you get really lucky and you get tour, you know, in, 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 one, in one year and stink until you can get a, a, a difference maker at the quarterback position, not just fill it. Well, I, so I think it's a, um, I think it's a good, makes sense. We talked about this last Wednesday, you and I. It makes sense to leave Eli in there. Let me get a swan song. Let me get a swan song. It makes a difference. Farewell it doesn't tour. make a difference. I'm with you. Draft all his defensive players in the draft this year. Now, again, if you really think Haskins is a difference maker, which, you know, again, I don't see. And you know what's different now? Let's be serious. When, we, when, when Matthew Stafford was the number one pick in the draft, yeah. we saw him throw six passes at Georgia. You know, it was, it was like hard to project these people, you know, Richard, yep. Richard, Richard Todd. 
Okay. It was hard to project these people because the college game was so different. Yeah. It was not hard to project Andrew Luck. Not at all. Okay. Nope. It's not hard to project Trevor Lawrence. Nope. Okay. We've all seen Haskins play for Ohio State. Who have who has raved about him? Who called you up when they played against Penn State and said, Greg, that's the quarterback I want. My friend that went to Penn State and got destroyed. That's that's who called me up. That he wanted Haskins. Yes. He thought Haskins was great. Yes. Okay. My friend okay. that went to Penn State, saw his team get annihilated by Dwayne Haskins. Called me. That's who. That's who. I thought they, didn't they win that in the last play of the game? Like, wasn't that like a one-point game? Did they Penn State win that game? No, Ohio, Ohio State, State won it on the last. Might last, have. Last, well, they beat Maryland in no overtime. I saw yeah. that. That was Haskins. Stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I, I haven't been, you know, you, you know, Kyla Murray excites me, you, you, you know, but I, I was never blown away by what I was by. That's what you said. I mean, what's your thoughts? It's a fair... I don't know. You see, that that's I, the I, thing. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not like sold like I am on Tua or I am on uh, like. Should and we, that's my question. Should we today. be sold? And should we be sold on Jake Fromm, who had a, a bad year last year? Fromm wasn't good. Well, people always question his, his arm strength, right? So, and, and and whether he's the perfect game manager per se. But you know, mean like two five star quarterbacks, Justin Fields is now going to start for Ohio State, and Tony Eason's son is going to start for. Um, or for Washington, you know, the two, yep. two five-star star, star people recruited it out of, you know, so what I'm trying to say is that the, the, the common theme in New York is that the Giants need to draft a quarterback with the sixth pick. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that, but only if, he, if, if he was a, there, only if it's a difference making quarterback, you know, don't go ahead be bad longer until you can get the guy that puts you in the playoffs every year. You know, you really don't want Mariota, you know, per se. You really don't want what's going on with Jameis Winston, to be perfectly honest. You certainly don't want what's happened with Tannehill. You know, you, you want who are difference makers at, in the NFL at quarterback? That's the thing. If you think that Dwayne Haskins is a difference maker, if he's the answer for the next... 10, 15 years. What does answer mean? See, I'm redefining answer. Answer means to me that you're relevant every year because you have that guy at quarterback. And that, there aren't that many people that have stood up to that test. Sure. Okay? Sure. Obviously Brady. Obviously. Okay, obviously Brady. Obviously Roethlisberger. They're there every year. Obviously Rodgers, too. Obviously Rodgers. And I'd say Breeze has lived up to that. that no question. That, that, too. You always believe New Orleans has a fighting chance. Now, right underneath that class... I'd give you Matt Ryan, maybe Philip Rivers. I give you, I, I give you Cam Newton too. I, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Cam he, he, when he's healthy, they're always, you know, this year at the end of the year when he's not healthy. But who else really makes a difference that you know you're no worse than 500 because they're your guy? Wait one second, I'm gonna pull up the teams. Hang on, you're no worse than 500 because you're the guy. I wonder if Carson Wentz fits that. I know he's been hurt. Certainly doesn't have the background yet. That. Said Roethlisberger, right? We said said Roethlisberger. All right. Can't say Deshaun Watson yet. Obviously, so far in his career, you can say so. Two for two. Can't say Baker yet. No, and that that could be a circus. I'll give you Patrick Mahomes. That's okay. That, that's gonna count. Yeah. You said Rivers. Stafford? No. 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 <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. Russell Wilson. 
Yep. Russell Wilson. This was a perfect example. They got rid of everybody, had yeah. them in the playoffs. That, a, yeah, that's an example. A, a, a you could not find example. a better example. That's a great example. And that's it. Okay? So let's Less look at 10. some of the first rounders that have been taken and haven't, you know, lived up to that standard. Okay. You know, go, go, go back in the first round. I'm there. So, so you have Josh Allen for the Bills. Who we'll see. Too early to we'll tell. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson. We'll Too see. Too early to tell. We'll see. But probably not. Probably not, no. Uh, Baker, we'll see. We'll see. Deshaun Watson looks good. Look, you're promising. Yep. Mariota and Blake. Niet. No. As they say in Russian. Indeed. Um, Jameis Winston. Peyton Lynch. I'm off to that. No. Yet. Peyton Lynch. No. No. Paxton Lynch, excuse me. Paxton Lynch, no. Brock Osweiler, no. He's a second rounder, though. Uh, Derek Carr. No. Look, they will, they're picking third in the draft, so there's your answer. I got one for you. Dak Prescott. So far, yes, but we'd say he's been on a good team. Agreed. But don't forget, they also took him in the fourth round. I understand. I understand. I'm just naming the quarterbacks. I'm with you. Um, Carson Wentz, I gave you. Uh, Washington doesn't have a quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky, too early, probably. Too early, and, and, and you know, he's on a good team. Her cousins? The answer's probably no. Probably not, no. Stafford? No, you said. James Winston? No. Look at Tampa's record. Jared Goff? <laughs> it's so hard. That's a really hard question. So hard. You know, it's the same thing with Carson Wentz. I mean, it's hard to say yes to Carson Wentz when they've won their big games when he's not there to say that he's the difference maker. So, you know, this is the one argument that I had about Montana's career was that they didn't miss a beat when they put Steve Young in. You know, when we used to argue in my time, who was yeah. the best football player, Lawrence Taylor or Joe Montana? Sure. Which is like, Comparing apples to oranges. Okay. But my argument always used to be that everyone agreed about Taylor. You know, it's hard to believe if Montana was so good that you could just replace him with Steve Young and not bat an eyelash. Now, <laughs> a lot of people disagree. Sure. You know, sure. but, but, but on the Super Bowl, that. on the Super Bowl, like it's interesting because now we all point to Brady as being the greatest of all time. Matt Castle won 11 games with the New England Patriots. Right. And, and, and you know, again, but not the Super Bowls. But nope. the test of time with Brady has just been unbelievable. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. We'll see, ultimately, uh, what the Giants do. But, you know, so getting rid of Beckham wasn't as offensive to me as all of the ridiculousness of signing him, you know, and, and just where they wanted to be. Had they said, you know what? Having a diva wide receiver doesn't is not New York Giant football and moved in that direction. Maybe I, maybe we wouldn't have been happy, but when they sign him, have dead money associated with it, and then do it, it's just no plan. It's just absolute craziness. There's absolutely no plan. You, no plan whatsoever. You, you know, and 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 now you have like the the other team that would seem strange is the Steelers. You know, and both the Giants and the Steelers are trying to make the same argument. We're going back to the, what, our roots. You know, we've gotten rid of Brown and, and you know, Bell, and, and now we're going to play solid Pittsburgh steal of football. The Giants are going to say, we got rid of the diva. We're building the offensive line. We're going to run the game, ball control mm -hmm. with Eli. And you know what the problem is? Very, very simple. When you watch the New York Giants, when they're efficient on first and second down, they look fine. When there's the slightest detour in the road. Totally. They can't get out of their own way. Totally. And that is not going to change next year. 
Let me get to what Walt Clyde Frazier said uh, yesterday. LeBron James and Lakers headed not to make the playoffs this year, which we expect. And during the huddle yesterday, Clyde uh, crushed LeBron because, well, LeBron was talking to celebrities instead of being in the huddle. What would you think? You know, I think it's a representation of how things are going. Ernie Banks and Walt Frazier's generation, they did everything to please. LeBron James, at this point in time, is a social activist. He does what's on his mind. He's not going to conform because the whole world is And I don't really have I mean, we all know that this season is over. Yep. You know, I give him credit for playing compared to, you know, a lot of people aren't, aren't playing. And, you know, I think that this season's been a tremendous disappointment. I think that he's going to reload. I think he's going to enjoy his vacation. And I think he's going to come back, you know, really, 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 really strong. And, you know, I just never question his effort and I never question his integrity. I think he's done sure. a hell of a lot. LeBron James. Didn't go to L.A. for a basketball decision. I know that. You know that. He went for his brand. He went for his future. He also went for his kid. And he also went for his kid, maybe. I know what, I, I understand what you're saying, but... He wanted his kid to play on, on you know, Compton Magic in the top, you know, yeah. in, in, not on, in the Midwest I get it. teams. I get it. I think that... Killing LeBron, who's made the finals... Every year since Instagram began. You can't kill him for this. You can't kill him for what he's doing. Be- because they suck. Like They suck. What do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? He brought in the wrong guys. We've said that all along. Right. You well, need you to surround, surround him, with him with shooters. And they didn't. They didn't come close to doing that. He blew up the chemistry. You want to criticize him for that. That's fine. But right now, what do you want him to do? He's getting a triple-double and scoring 40 points a game. What do you want him to do? You know, basically, this is what happens. You know, there's an old saying that the threat of war is always worth once Sure. You, once you use the threat. What happened to this team was you had this whole, we're going to make a stand to get Anthony Davis to get him here. And when the bluff was called, the whole deck of cards just collapsed. And you have a bunch of young players with probably some degree of fragile egos that have always been told that they're the greatest thing in the whole world, mm-hmm. getting told that they're not wanted for the first time. Mm-hmm. This is what you said. And that is much more of a rude awakening for them. Sure than being traded or out of Los Angeles yep. or anything like that. But what's really interesting is it seems like people are trying to maximize Lonzo Ball's value as he's been been the first one out of this saying that they're missing his defensive pressure on the ball. Amazing. It's it, his Amazing. his value seems to have gone up by not playing. By not playing. How about that? Am I the only one that's catching that or you I, can- I I've totally missed it to be honest with you, but you're right. You know, it's like all of a sudden like Lonzo Ball like like Everything his father couldn't do, he seems to be getting by not playing. You it's know? amazing. It's amazing. It, 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 it's, it's, it's really, really, really funny when you, when sure. you look at that, that thing. But, you know, it's going to be interesting for the NBA to have no LeBron in the playoffs. 
The ratings will be interesting. Absolutely. They can Golden State carry this by themselves. I don't know. Well, you know, they have a lot of marketable players. I mean, I think the East will be interesting. Um, I think the Greek freak, you know, people love watching. Definitely, but we got to see if he's a ratings draw yet. We, I don't know that we're there. Boston's obviously Boston. Philly should be Philly, you know. Um, you know, and, you know, the Houston Golden State games could be must-see TV. So, I mean, I think the N- NBA has done a better job marketing its talent than any league, so I think they're going to be okay, but it's, it's going to be different. Way different. Do you think LeBron will be an analyst somewhere during the playoffs? That's an interesting I really don't know what makes you bring that up. I mean, Nothing. It's, just, you know, it's the first time he's not going to be there. First time he's not going to be in the playoffs in, what, a decade and a half. So will he just take the months off and disappear? Or will he be an analyst? I don't know. I think he wants a break. Maybe, but can't you just see, like, certainly for the finals, can't you see him and Dwayne Wade just doing stuff together? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. And, you know, the, the, the question is, you talk about the rate. I mean, if they got a Golden State, Austin, you know, championship, I think those ratings would be higher than we've ever seen. Ever, really? Yeah, I think that would be... I don't think it's higher than LeBron and the Cavs versus Golden State. I think so. Really? I think Boston's a pretty big draw. Well, obviously. I think Kyrie and Uncle Drew is a pretty big draw. Okay. I, I really do. I don't think anybody else draws that. Philly? No. Okay. That's no. the only way I... That's the only I think way Kyrie is, is, is... I don't know. He's really marketed himself pretty well. I, I don't I think know. He, 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 he thinks... And the whole Celtic mystique. I think, I think that that's your biggest series. Especially if Boston comes out of the East. You know, coming out of the East is probably going to be a bunch of seven-game series. I mean, all these teams are interchangeable. But you have to allow for the buildup. You know, even in the NCAA tournament, you, you, you know, part of it is how you become Loyola or Chicago. It's not just it's, – it's that last-second win where, sure. where everybody goes to you and, and the ball hits the side of the backboard and bounces in, and then you have the 105-year-old nun screaming yes, you know. You know, so, so something builds the momentum to that. So, you know, a lot of it, it, it depends on the buildup in the series, say, that, that Boston goes through. Now, obviously, Toronto, Golden State, you know, if you got like a, exactly. But if you got an epic Boston, Philadelphia series that Boston comes out of, that's a big buildup. Big win for them. Big win for the NBA. Big win for the NBA. Speaking of the NBA, I want to move on to a sport that starts Wednesday. Baseball's back, Doc. In, in Japan. In Japan. Baseball's back. Ichiro will be there. Ichiro is there. Played an exhibition game uh, last night or this morning, I guess. I think it's weird that they're going to open the season a week and then fly back. Well, they've done it before. They've done it before, I know. yeah. I know. And now they're starting everybody March 28th. Mm-hmm. Pretty cold outside. It's freezing outside on certain days. Freezing. Like, today's cold. It's 39 degrees. So, what, the winter jacket's still out today. <laughs> Sun's out at least. I still have snow by my house. Really? I mean, oh yeah. We we the snow hasn't even melted by my house. Uh, yeah. It's it's cold out. They're playing some games. Like this is when pitching usually will do pretty well early on when it's cold out before the bats warm up. Traditionally. How do you think Major League Baseball's doing? How do I think Major League Baseball's doing? 
we've had this conversation too. Now, the NBA obviously is growing and MLB is dying. But I think the MLB rightly recognizes that. They get that. And I think that's why Rob Manfred is so fervently trying to change the rules to make it to make it more marketable. Making the home run derby worth a million dollars to the winner. So you can get Aaron Judge and Bryce Harper to show up. I think that... You're more likely to get Peter Alonzo. Aaron Judge, listen, Aaron Judge did it a couple of years ago. Bryce did it in Washington last year. So you, know, you want him back. That's the thing. I think you... I think that's smart. I think trying to make commercial breaks shorter. Obviously, commercial breaks... That, yes, no-brainer. The other things that they're doing... I think you want what they, I think you want to keep home stars where they are. You don't want big time free agency, obviously. But I don't know what else they can do. It's just such a no, long it's, season. It's, so I think back when there was less. You're talking in the air. You're going in and out. Okay. Um, I think back to when I grew up, and there was definitely less media. You know, the NCA was a shadow of what it is today. The NBA was a shadow of what it was today. But we were so excited when spring training took off. That was the start of the new Topps baseball cards. We'd all walk around baseball yep. cards mm-hmm. and flipping baseball cards. Yep. I have an eight-year-old. I see none of that. No. No. Okay? I see none of that. In, in fact, the baseball season used to start for us with the first day of spring training. The baseball season starts for my, my, my eight-year-old when the Mets play the Yankees. That changes every that changes every year now. But you know what I'm trying to say. That that's when they kind of get a little bit, and they and their little league season starts. Okay, they're just not into. It. Meanwhile, all of these kids were talking about Odell Beckham being traded, and 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 their jerseys. Well, of course, it's Odell. I mean, it's Odell. he transcends. Yes, Kevin Durant transcends. Yes. Okay, there is no baseball player that they wear their jerseys. You'd think that'd be Bryce Harper. Right? Well, if anything, it's Aaron Judge around here. Around here, yes, but. But no, I mean, Aaron Judge is to Odell Beckham, you know, is light years away. I mean, Odell Beckham. Light years. Light years away. Like you're talking about, you know, every kid has an Odell Beckham jersey. Uh Okay. You're talking about the three kids that play travel baseball have Aaron Judge. Sure. It's it's huge, huge difference. I don't know what you do about it. I think marketing like the home run derby, I think that's smart. People still love power, and that's a good spot for them. So I think that's smart, a smart thing that they're doing. I don't know what else you could do. I really don't. You want these guys to have personalities. You want them to be out there. Then they're violating the rules of baseball when they do that. It's like, this is stupid. I, I just think you need, them, you need them to be rowdy, but not too rowdy. Like I think of Gronk. Everybody loves Gronk. And not just because he's really good at football, or he spikes the ball really hard because he's a personality. And you people willing to take that? That's a great name, Gronk. Like, what else would Gronk do? And like, there are more dogs named Gronk, and they're usually not like small chihuahuas. Sure. You know, you get I a mean, big dog, you name him Gronk. You know, right? Of course. Odell's a good dog name too. Along <laughs> those lines, um, I think that you need a what you really need in baseball: a guy that wants to do that, that wants to be that guy. I don't know that Aaron Judge or Mike Trout or even Bryce Harper want to be that guy. Well, you know, I think that they were kind of a little bit on the right track and then they got off the right track by trying to build these inner city ballparks. I think the Jake's, Jacobs Field and 
way Minnesota is and Petco Field is sure. in these nice downtown neighborhoods. They wanted, you know, doing a smaller ballpark in New York. Now they want to build the area near City Field. Right. Yeah, you stadium too. I think that that's where, you know, it'd be fun to go to work. Like right now we're done. We go early baseball game in the city. You don't feel like taking the train anywhere where you could walk like Wrigleyville. Right. I think that's what they have to go back to. Probably right. I am looking forward to that, Doc. Like you and I wrapping up. What is it? It's, you know, 15 past the hour here. Us wrapping up then going down to the Yankee sta- up to Yankee Stadium, yeah. having a beer outside and going to the game. Right. Like that, and it would so be I'm great. To that. It would be great, you know, when they talked about building it in the Hudson rail yards instead of that and making it urban and cutting it down and they were concerned cool. about the traffic. Right. Okay. So they're right about. Which yeah. they're right about unless if you built, brought the ballparks down to 32 to 35,000, then it's not that much different than Madison Square Garden. Sure. They, they, they wouldn't do that. Well, I think that's where they're going to have really? to go. Okay. I mean, I think that's where the attraction would be as an event, as opposed to you're not going to schlep there like to the Jersey Meadowlands like you would once a week. So if you put a baseball team out in the Jersey Meadowlands, even though it's really right over the Lincoln Bridge, yeah, yeah. there's no way anybody's leaving the city to go do that. No. But for, for me, being like, and this is going to change in the next couple of years when I leave. It's so easy for me to go to Yankee Stadium. I love it. Yeah, I mean, Yankee Stadium's undergone a real renaissance, and that whole neighborhood has too, and they're trying to build the neighborhood by City Field. But that's what I think baseball has to do, is is build an inner city. In other other words, make it like the happy hour sport. I mean, that's that's the way I would be marketing it. You know, know, 6.30, 7 o'clock games, happy hours, where you have young professional crowds, where it's like the hip hot place and then you have like the bar scene right across the street at the end like Wrigleyville sure that's a great experience have you gone to games at Wrigley I have I saw Cole Hamels' no hitter at Wrigley it's a phenomenal experience it's awesome going twice this summer where you walk to the game and stuff like that it's a much better experience than than driving you know and parking in a parking lot in in Long you know Long Island Queens I, I'm, I'm totally with you. All right, we'll go to a game. We'll go to a game. I'm sure you. I'm sure you have connections everywhere, Doc. So, wait, wait, so let's go, let's go to the NFL draft. What do you sure. see? What do you see happening? Does Arizona take Kyler Murray? There's a lot of smoke there, Doc. There's a lot of smoke there. Or Nick Bosa. Or trade the pick. I think they. I think they ultimately want to trade the pick. I do. So. I think that let's go back to our Lakers example. They've already thrown Josh Rosen under the bus. Way under the bus. So, I mean. Yes and no. Yes and no, right? If they come out and they draft Nick Bosa or they trade down and they're like, listen, our guy the entire time was Josh Rosen's with a smoke screen. They could sell that. They could sell that, I think. Did they sell it to him? He's a really smart kid. Extremely smart. He's a really smart kid. Doesn't need football. No. No, 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 no. Maybe, but are we so sure? Are we so sure that it's not true? Maybe it is That's true. Not true. And it is a smokescreen. They do. They do want to trade down. Maybe it's true. Then they would have said, "How would it have hurt them to say that we're in love with Josh Rosen?" Well, they're, they're not going to say that because they want people to think they're drafting Kyler Murray. Well, what difference does it make? They have the first pick in the draft. If you want Kyler Murray. You know, it would only make a difference if who's sitting two or three is going to take. Well, <laughs> the 49ers, the 49ers obviously wouldn't take him. So, yeah, the Jets have, obviously aren't taking him. Right. So, I mean, 
you know, you can say, you know, we love Josh. Throwing Josh Rosen under the bus does not improve their trade value for Kyler Murray. That's why I think it must be real. Maybe. It might be. Probably so. You know, just throwing ideas. I mean, so I think, I mean, that would be mind-boggling. But it's very, very interesting. I don't think they take Kyler Murray. I know that's where everyone's mocking him. I don't think Arizona takes Kyler Murray. Just a, it's just such an admission of failure. The same general manager a year later. I don't think they do it. I really don't. Unless you don't believe in Rosen. Unless you're that, that off Josh Rosen already. Or you really want to, or you really uh, think that Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury has the magic sauce. And he needs Kyler Murray for it. And he needs Kyler Murray for it. I mean... It just seems to be strange that they threw him underneath the bus. I get it. There's no reason to do it. I get it. You, you know, you, you really inherit. Because, you know, again, we never really know what people's true value is. Antonio Brown, a three and a five. You know, what o- people were talking two first-round picks for Odell Beckham. So we never have any idea what people Dave Gettleman, really- of course, came out today and said, we got two first-round picks. One of them was just for Jarrell Peppers. You know, again, he, he was an exciting player at Michigan. He played fullback. He played running back. He played all, yeah. play, played everything. Sure. Maybe we can use him as an option. Maybe, maybe he'll be the Wildcat quarterback, you know, is something a little different. Or maybe he'll throw Odell Beckham's. Because Odell Beckham, I think, had the Giants' two longest touchdown passes of the year. He did. I mean, threw him. Oh, I know. I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. They lost their best quarterback. That's the problem. So it was, it's, it's. But again, uh, uh, it's it's very interesting. If you had to say, who's the worst team in football today? Your answer would be the New York Football Giants. Yes, it would, and it wouldn't be close. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That we say thank you to Dave Gettleman. Thank you, Dave Gettleman, for for that. Thank you, Dave Gettleman, for the show content. <laughs> and uh, next week, when we sit in these seats, let's hope Maryland and Iowa are still playing basketball. How about that? That would be like absolutely, uh, absolutely aw- aw- awesome. So we. I was in Columbus. I was in. That's good for them. I was in Columbus. Maryland is in Jacksonville. Fine. There you go. Not upset about that. If they win, Washington D.C. Where? What are the other? Is Washington the closest to New York of the of the next oh, yeah. weekends? Yes. It's east. It's, well, but it's the west is in the east, and the east is in the west. It's like when I was a kid, they used to have the commercial for Carvel. Like uh-huh. you know, Wednesday is Sunday. Tuesday is Sunday. Sure. You know, and I guess Thursdays are no more, you know, <laughs> every day sure. is Sunday. So, you know, the West is in Hartford, you know, it's like they move things around. Well, the West, well, it's the, the early ones are Hartford. The West is in somewhere else. I don't know. But yes, the East is, it's the closest. And I'm very, very excited about it. Let's go. So I, let's go. The, 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 the tournament uh, play-in game start tomorrow. That's right. So do you think Belmont's going to win? I do. I think they're going to beat Temple. And, and Fran Dunphy, I do. And Fran Dunphy's last coaching game. In the, in the first four. It seems apropos. Fran Dunphy, you know, coached Penn forever. Yeah. He wanted to stay, and yeah. he walked in, and they, he asked for a slight raise. They said, no, we're staying in the area. That's right. That's right. Stay in the area. Mm-hmm. His wife has always been very successful. All right. How about that? Successful wife, successful marriage, successful year. That's going to do it for us here on Doc Jock tonight. I want to thank Dr. Mitchell Roslin. When we return next week... Like I said, we can only hope our teams are still playing. I want to thank everybody for watching. Subscribe to our program and make sure you follow us on YouTube as well. Fantasy Freestyle. 
with Jane Martinez comes your way next. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. We'll see you next time.